1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team
2: every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 5th, 2020. My name is Phil Crossman. I am the Expert and Insight Editor over at Orlando or at filmR-R underscore O-M-D. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll recap game three of the NBA finals, draw out some lessons, perhaps, that, that the Magic might be able to use sometime down the road. We'll also talk a little bit about where the Magic stand as they get ready for the offseason and especially the draft. We'll break down just a couple of quick notes from that from that and those preps as we get ready for the beginning of the offseason here in just a little while. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're searching gravity download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here, covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the best coverage of the NBA Finals? Check out Locked On Lakers or Locked On Heat. If you like the national perspective, Locked On NBA has you covered. Between those three podcasts, you will have every angle of the NBA Finals covered. So I cannot suggest it more. While well, I provide some nice thoughts, and we'll hopefully localize it to the Magic. Locked On Lakers, Locked On Heat, and Locked On NBA will get you all the NBA Finals information that you need. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Visit BuiltBar.com. Today, Let's get this out of the way first. Jimmy Butler had one of the best finals performances that you will ever see. They said so on the broadcast. I say so having watched a lot of finals games in my lifetime. It was just, it it was an absolutely stunning performance by the Miami Heat with as shorthanded as they are, but more specifically, Jimmy Butler. The stat line is just phenomenal. 40 points, 14 for 20 shooting. 12 for 14 from the foul line, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, five turnovers, and in 44 minutes and 51 seconds. This dude played almost an entire finals game and had so much left in the tank to just keep going at it and keep going after LeBron James and keep going after Los Angeles Lakers. This guy was not going to let the Miami Heat lose. And we'll talk about it here in a minute. There are so many moments in this game where it felt like you know, the Heat raced out. They had control of the game. They were leading most of the way, but it, it always felt like the Lakers were hanging around, and if they could just get themselves right, they would win the game. And it just it, it just always felt like, you know, the Heat are good. We're not disrespecting them at all. Without Bam Adebayo, without Goran Dragic, they just don't have enough. That, that was the feeling throughout the entirety of Game 3. But Jimmy Butler would not let them succumb to that thinking. Jimmy Butler would not succumb to that thinking himself. And Jimmy Butler forced and imprinted himself onto this game and into this series. I I said this last year during their series with the Raptors. Um I, I felt this I, I felt this way with this time in Minnesota and certainly with this time in Chicago. Jimmy Butler is that dude. Um you look at his stats and you go through statistically, he's not the best three point shooter they don't measure what Jimmy Butler does. Um, he is just he is just an ultimate competitor. And, and, you know, I sit here, I i, I rely on stats. You know, I, I i want stats to match my observations. If a stat doesn't match my observation, I ask why. And that that's how you're supposed to treat stats. But there is just, especially in the playoffs, especially in the finals, there is just something intangible that Jimmy Butler has. It, 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 and I really can't describe it any other way. Jimmy Butler is that dude. He just is. He makes his team better. He makes them more competitive. He makes them have this just extra energy and juice that they would not have otherwise. And it is just, it is always just a a joy and a thrill to watch him play and to watch, watch guys like him do their thing. You know, LeBron's got that. Anthony Davis has that a little bit too. Um, to, to play at this level, to play this deep into the playoffs, you need guys that just have that killer instinct that can take over a game and, and impose their will on it. It is really, really hard to win championships and to compete at a high level if you don't have someone like that. And all credit to Jimmy Butler. All credit to to the way that he has embraced the Heat culture and made that team better. They're, you know, they're obviously, you know, the Heat are very much a collection of a whole. But they are not here without Jimmy Butler. And certainly they don't win game three without Jimmy Butler. The Heat without Goran Dragic simply do not have anyone else who can take a player off the dribble and get into the lane. And Butler was carrying the Heat throughout this entire game. And again, he is that dude. He can do it. He can get away with it. And it was just, again, just such an incredible effort. One of the great playoff efforts that I think we will ever see. Again, 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, 14 for 20 shooting, 12 for 14 from the line. He was forcing everything and and getting his way. The Heat make 21 of 23 free throws for the game. The Heat shot 41 for 80 from the floor. So there is some trouble now with the Lakers defensively, I think. Uh, I think there is some level of concern. That the Lakers are struggling to defend, and and it does look like Bam Auto and you know Bam Adebayo might be back for game three, which will give the Heat some needed size and another guy who can kind of create a little bit. But let's step back a little bit too here. The Heat win 115-104. They deserve to win. I'm not taking anything away from them. But if I'm the Lakers too, I I feel somewhat encouraged. I feel somewhat comforted by the fact that. The Heat took a really big shot here. The Heat emptied the chamber. They're playing guys 35 minutes. You know, Jimmy Butler, 44-51. Jay Crowder, 33-55. Duncan Robinson, 39-18. Tyler Hero, 36-28. Kelly Olenek, 31-21. Damn Adebayo, when he gets back, is going to have to play 30-plus minutes to keep this Heat team afloat. If I'm the Lakers, I know I have to clean some things up. I know I have to be better defensively. Anthony Davis was in foul trouble early in this game that had a huge impact on the rest of the game. Davis never really got into rhythm, and he's had a fantastic series, but just 15 points, six for nine shooting, five rebounds, five turnovers in this one. LeBron had to do a lot of the heavy lifting, and really only Kyle Kuzma uh, and, to some extent, Markeith Morris was was along for the ride. The Lakers were chasing because foul trouble kept one of their key guys out, and and the Lakers, yeah, they're. They're reliant very much on their star power. You know, LeBron's not going to get away with playing 39 minutes. And, and even then, the Lakers had their chances to win. So the Lakers have to clean up their defense. They have to be better defensively. But if I'm the Lakers, I really do think that I'm still in control of the series. Jimmy Butler, you know, was just jawing at LeBron, as, as he should be. You know, there's there's definitely, definitely some smack talk going on on the court. But the Lakers have to feel like this is still their series. That they're still in firm control of the series. And the Heat needed an otherworldly effort just to make this thing a series again. Just to make this a 2-1 series. I I mentioned when I was recapping Game 1 on Friday. Or on Thursday. Whenever I recap Game 1. I mentioned that Game 1 felt very much like the 2009 final series with the Magic. Game 2 did not, so I'll, I'll I'll push that to the side. This game, though, did make me feel a little bit like Game 3. If you remember Game 3 of the 2009 finals, the Magic had an NBA Finals record shooting performance. They dominated the game. They could not miss a shot all game long. But it was still a close game. The Lakers still made a run. The Lakers still made the Magic sweat, and if not for Michael Petras getting away with a travel and getting a dunk, the Magic might have lost Game 3 and might have faced a sweep themselves, despite a record-shooting performance. It took, as much as people like to think that that Magic series with the Lakers in 09 was close, and I, and I think it was a close five. It's definitely a hard five. Not a soft five. It wasn't like the Magic got a gimme game, and no, no, the Magic deserved to to, to be in that series, and, and probably should have forced the sixth game and sent that thing back to L. A. It's something I certainly wish they had done. But their lone win in that series was a close game that the Magic needed a superhuman effort to win. Again, games two, three, and four were the deciding games in that series, and the Magic went two and one. They needed, they needed, they needed. You know, if the Magic go two and one in those in those games instead of one and two. You know, the Magic might be celebrating a championship. It's very, very different. And that's that's how close finals games can be. This game felt like that to me. A little bit. Where the Heat needed a superhuman effort. They needed a historical effort just to get a win. And the question now is, can they do it again? Will adding Bam Adebayo back make it better? Will, will they be able to get Gordon Dragic back at any point? I don't know if that's necessarily clear at this point. The Lakers have to buckle in. For sure, they were not as focused and not as sharp as they usually are or as they have been throughout the series. They've got to focus up and they've got to really hone in and be better. And if they can do that, if they can do that, they should win game four. I think this is still the Lakers series. Uh, Remember I said, said Lakers in five and a half. I still feel very good about that. Uh, and, and and I think that I think that the Lakers will probably t- end up taking Game Four, regardless of what happens. The Miami Heat defeat the Los Angeles Lakers 115-104 in Game Three of the NBA Finals. The Lakers lead the series two one. Game Four is on Tuesday.
1: Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery.
2: Plus. Lest you think the this podcast will not talk about the alignment You're wrong. wrong. We still got a lot to get to. We're still do some player evaluations uh, throughout the rest of the week. We still got a lot to get to, to wrap up the twenty twenty season and start looking ahead to the offseason. But I wanted to spend this time cleaning up a few things and just clearing up a few thoughts uh, that have that have trickled out over the last few days. Um We'll talk about the NBA Draft here at the end of the show, but yes, the NBA Draft Combine is taking place still throughout the month of October. It started last week. We started to hear some prospects talk a little bit about their Draft Combine experiences and and speak to the media. Things are being kept very, very tight-lipped and tight-lidded, so we'll talk about that coming up in a moment. But I wanted to also note another really, really important thing, and and, and I often try to make this reminder or, or, or make sure everyone recognizes this too. Just because trade season stops, just because the season has stopped does not mean the Magic have stopped too. Doesn't mean that any team has stopped. Yes, you're seeing the non-bubble, the non-bubble teams going through their own mini-bubbles and their own mini-camp, their own voluntary mini-camps at least, uh, with their players so that they can get some five-on-five action and get some kind of live action so they can play ca- a little bit of catch-up to the teams that played in the bubble. But essentially, all the practice facilities are still open Under the uh, kind of the original guidelines, the the individual workout guidelines that were in place before teams travel to the bubble, that hasn't been updated. That hasn't been updated yet. Um, There's still no word uh, if they'll allow players to kind of play uh, five on five or or live action with other players again. Right now, it's still everyone's being super super cautious. uh, As far as I know, as so players are still going in and out of the Amway Center out, out of the AnVet Health Practices because the Amway Center is technically the WWE Thunderdome right now. Things are always moving in the NBA. Nothing ever really stops. The trade deadline is to put your pencils down, don't make any more deals, don't tell the NBA what trades are making. But GMs are always talking. The Talking doesn't stop just because that deadline is fast until the trades reopen here in November uh, as we head into the draft teams are certainly able to negotiate and talk about ways to improve their teams. And that, of course, has been something on the forefront of everyone's minds. Typically what coaches do, and this is what Steve Clifford is at least related to us, coaches will take the time in the weeks after the season, just re-watching every game, just taking notes, just trying to, trying to pin down exactly what happened in the season so that they can give recommendations to management on what were the team used to improve, what, where they think the team needs to go, what they think the team can still be, what went wrong, what went right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Front offices obviously will have kind of exit interviews with the players, but they'll also have exit interviews, I think, with the coaches where they get to the bottom of all these, all these things. And it's not just that they have these long discussions about them. Clifford has talked that usually he gives his coaches kind of homework and kind of little projects and assignments to figure out ways to make the team better moving forward and to evolve. As a coaching staff moving forward. So again, the wheels are always turning. Just because the season has stopped, just because the magic are on a little mini vacation here until the regular season begins probably sometime in January. And so we probably won't see training camps until around Christmas. No, if if not a little bit a little bit before then, um the, the the team is still at work. And yes, a lot of that does still have a focus on the offseason itself. You know, Steve Clifford is not making the player decisions. He's not making personnel decisions. But he is going to inform Jeff Waltman and tell him, look, this is what went right this year. This is where I think this player can be. I think this player can reach this level. Um, And also, this is what we need. We need to find X, Y, and Z. And, and obviously, Steve Clifford, you know, he was on the Orlando Magic Pod Squad, which is a great podcast if you don't already listen to it, and said, you know, look, you know, pretty much you made what we all know that shooting is a big issue. I mean, he talked about how Aaron Gordon really jumped his game up after the All-Star break and said he was, you know, he's really disappointed that he didn't get to play in the playoffs this year. But a lot of the success that that Clifford said Gordon had was he stopped settling for jumpers and started taking the ball to the basket a little bit more. They started using him certainly closer to the basket. And Clifford made it pretty clear too that, you know, if Aaron Gordon could ever get to 37-38% shooting from beyond the arc, he'd be a pretty difficult player to defend actually, that's pretty true. Gordon shot about 30% this year. He's probably never shot better than 34 35%. Honestly, if he could get to 35 36% consistently every year, I think that would be a huge step forward. Probably not a superstar step forward, but certainly a big step forward for him. But Clifford's having these kinds of conversations. And, and Clifford, you know, told this to the Atlanta Magic Pod Squad. I'm sure he's told this to Aaron Gordon. He's had these conversations with every single player, it sounds like. He said he talked to Nikola Vucevic about his playoff performance and said, you know, the playoffs proved what kind of player Nikola Vucevic can be. Now it's about making that performance an everyday performance and every game during the regular season performance. And again, Vucevic was having, as as I mentioned in our pod on Friday, Vucevic was having a a season that at least confirmed his All-Star season was no fluke and and that, that he can play at that high of a level. Again, injuries probably had a little bit to do with his numbers going down. You know, you know, certainly, you know, it's hard to to, to stay at peak numbers for a long time. But Fucikic had a very good season, nonetheless. This is all to say again that activity doesn't stop. That the magic aren't done thinking. The magic aren't done tinkering. The magic aren't done kind of taking their their game to the next level. Clifford is already focused on internal improvement because essentially that's his job as the coach to make everyone inside the team better. He's already thinking of ways uh, to change some of his defensive systems. You know, he said that defending and defending three pointers is becoming extremely difficult, um, you know, especially to avoid fouling and kind of the standards of what is good defense and what isn't good defense have changed very suddenly. Certainly, you know, he'll be studying, as he did during the hiatus, how to create the pace that made the Magic's offense so good, uh, how to make that consistent. And this is all part of the study that a coach normally goes through. It's also part of the conversations that he has with players as they come through the Amway Center or, or as he texts and, and talks to them about what comes next. Coaching doesn't stop. You may not be able to get on the floor with guys. You may not be able to have formal activity. But none of this stops. Nothing ever stops in this league. It's constantly moving forward. So yes, guys are on vacation. Terrence Ross was in Mexico, stuck in the tropical storm. This weekend, Evan Fournier is back home in France with his family. Nikola Vucevic had, his, had, his, had a new baby daughter. Congrats to the Vucevic family. Things slow down, but they don't stop. And so it's important to, important to know that the Magic are still at work, that there's still a lot of discussions going on about what this team's going to look like and, and how this team moves forward, but there's still a lot of work to do, and that work has not stopped just because the season has stopped. And that's going to get us into the draft, which will obviously be the first big decision point that the Magic have this offseason. It's a draft that's interesting and a draft process that has been a long time in the making, and the Magic are certainly key, keyed in on that. This draft process has indeed been long, and it can be tiring and you can definitely lose some focus. So if I'm in the Magic front office, if I'm, if I'm a Magic staffer, if I'm a Magic scout, I'm making sure I have the energy to get to the finish line and I'm choosing Built Bar to get me there. Built Bar is the energy bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Comes in 18 amazing flavors and they all taste really good or at least the ones that I've had taste really good. Cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie. Do I need to go on? There is a flavor for everyone and I can tell you, again, the flavors that I've had are delicious. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are healthy, great for the health-conscious person, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. Check, check out BiltBar.com today. Use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BiltBar.com.
0: Hi, I'm Jake from LockedOn.
2: That brings us to the draft. Yes, the wheels are still turning with the NBA draft. They actually never really stopped turning with the N- N- NBA draft. And we are now getting closer and closer. We're about five weeks away. November 18th is at least when the NBA draft is currently scheduled. The league began its unofficial NBA draft combine. It's a virtual NBA draft combine last week with players coming, you know, going to I, I I think it's I think it's two NBA gyms to NBA practice facilities, getting their official measurements taken, having all that data sent to the teams, and yes, being matched with teams for it, for early interviews. This is usually a big part of the process. It is the unofficial kickoff of draft season, at least for fans, when they really begin to focus in on the draft and figure things out, because the draft combine usually comes on the tail end of the NBA draft lottery. Uh, it's, the first, it's when all the GMs are kind of gathered in one spot. It's when you know, fans really get to look at NBA at NBA draft players for the first time since the, since the NCAA tournament. And, of course, none of that's happening now. Um, it, it, the combine itself with, you know, all the GMs in one spot tends to be a little bit of a rumor mill. That's when stuff leaks out because the media is all there, the GMs are all there, agents are all there. Whenever everyone is gathered in one spot like that, things are going to leak and, and things are going to start happening. Um, you know, it, it feels like it is definitely a big, moving, and shaking weekend. Um, as, as things start to churn and things start to turn around the league. And of course, that's not happening. It's all digital now. It's all virtual. It's all being done over Zoom. Measurements are being sent to every single team from independent from independent locations. You know, the players obviously aren't interacting with each other. They're obviously not playing, playing together. Um, they're, do, they're doing Zoom interviews. They're doing teleconferences. But those are largely devolving into who have you talked to so far? Who have you worked out for? Or what, you know, what, what do you think about this team and how you fit with them? At this point, the Magic have not been attached to any players. Um, you know, some, some interesting players that the Magic are probably interested in have talked to the media, like R.J. Hampton, like Theo Maladon, um, like Tyrese Halliburton. No one's mentioned the Magic as of yet, but that doesn't mean the Magic aren't active. That doesn't mean the Magic aren't doing things. Matt Lloyd was on the Down the Road podcast, part of the Magic Audio Network, um, with the focus on the Lakeland Magic, and spoke a little bit about the Magic's draft process. Jeff Pullman had said earlier that the Magic had already kind of tiered out their their draft board a little bit uh, and had essentially, you know, maybe not made decisions on draft guys, but they had had come to an understanding of where they rank players generally. And Matt Lloyd kind of added this to it. He's like, you know, we've done a lot of draft work already. He said they estimated they've interviewed 120 people already concerning the draft. Um, again, it's it's a lot. You're doing a lot of study on everyone in the draft, and, and I imagine some of those interviews. are have to our background information as well, not just looking at prospects. They haven't had anyone come into the Amway Center, obviously, because that hasn't that's not allowed to happen, uh, as far as I understand it. Um, but the Magic are certainly doing their homework on on the draft, and they're 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 focused on their process. But Matt Lloyd said this too, and I thought this was really really interesting, really important. You can't have paralysis by analysis. You have to trust your initial instincts. You can't let, you know, you take in new information, but you can't let overthinking enter this draft process. And the fact of the matter is the draft was supposed to take place in June. It's taking place in November. They've had nearly five extra months to prepare for this draft. Five extra months. And so really what it sounds like this this latter part of the draft process is about is checking in on guys, seeing what weight changes they might have had from being only able to work out on their own rather than being able to play or be in an NBA program. The draft analysis also changes a little bit too because of how the playoffs are playing out. Yes, this is a copycat league and everyone is watching the playoffs to see what works and what doesn't. Certainly Magic know a few things that do work that they need to find. They need to find shooting. That is definitely a premium. That is something that is certainly going to be a focus for this team as they look to grow and expand their their roster. But all that new information is being added in, but it can't overwhelm the system, so to speak. It can't overwhelm everything the Magic have done to this point. That's, that's, That's really, really, really important. And so the Magic have done a lot of work. I know we haven't heard a lot from the Magic. I know we haven't heard them do much. This organization is very, very tight-lipped, and yes, I, we're not a very large media contingent. It's, it's you know Josh Robbins of the Athlet, of the Athletic. It's, you know, Roy Perry of the Orlando Sentinel. It's me. It's a couple other people. It's not a very large media contingent. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not sitting here, and I'm not breaking news. That's 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 not my strength as as a reporter and, and as a journalist. That's not necessarily what I'm interested in anyway. Um, so yes, there isn't a lot of magic information out there. There's not a lot of rumors, but, but as I always say around the trade deadline, do not take a lack of reporting or lack of reported rumors as a lack of activity. This team has been working. This team has been churning its wheels. This team has been thinking and discussing and debating how to get better. And of course, we don't see that action come into fruition until we get to November, until we get to the NBA draft. But to be sure... Things are moving. We'll dive a little bit deeper into the NBA draft and and, and individual prospects as we get a little bit closer. If rumors do pop up, and I do expect them to pop up at some point because it's hard to keep a lid on everything all the time, I'll report them. We'll discuss them a little bit here on the show. But certainly, certainly, certainly do not take a lack of activity as a lack of action or lack of thinking. This team is thinking. This team is discussing everything. And now the question is, do they trust their own processes to make a selection to provide Jeff Weltman with the information he needs to make a pick on November 18th And the same way with free agency, the same way with everything else? Right now, it's about information gathering. They've had a lot of extra time to information gather, uh, and that's going to help them moving forward. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Magic. I want to thank you all again for listening. You, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philip underscore md And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. I am still looking for your questions for the Orlando Magic Daily mailbag, so send them my way. You can do that online at omagicdaily on Twitter or by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip rossman Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.